Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. My name is Chris Payne. I'm your host. I am a correspondent here on staff at Billboards.com. I read a lot about rock and alternative music, and I do this podcast. And one of my favorite things about doing this podcast is getting feedback from you guys. And I did an episode a couple weeks back called Country Music is Changing, and Here's How. had a couple writer friends of mine come on and talk about country music, and I got a lot of positive feedback about that. Some of you guys were saying, yo, I really enjoy the musician interviews, but also I would love to hear you do more of these talks to other writers. And yeah, I figured you're right. Let's do some more stuff along those lines. So this episode have a guest who's one of my favorite people in the Billboard office. Her name is Emily White. She works in the charts department. She specializes in the rock charts kind of like-minded people there. So had her on for this talk about what we're most excited for as far as rock, indie, alternative music, whatever you want to call it, what we're most excited for in that world coming up in this last quarter, end of September through the end of December in 2015. Had a pretty interesting talk with her. One thing that was really neat was she's saying how she wants to do it old school with her favorite band putting out a new album this year instead of listening to it when it leaks or streams a week early she wants to wait to the actual release date to actually hear the album the way people used to for the first time i thought that was pretty interesting we talked about a lot of things like that talked about what we're most excited for releases coming up things that are definitely coming out things that actually have release dates things that might come out things that could just drop out of the sky we talked about how that's all changing the music industry i really enjoyed this talk so hope you guys like it too and yeah, like I was saying, I really appreciate the feedback. If you could hop on iTunes and rate the podcast, that would be super awesome. If you have any specific feedback, you can hit me up on Twitter, at cpainonaplane, or my email address at billboard is chris.pain at billboard.com. So yeah, Alton R. Stars 2015 Fall Albums Preview. Hope you enjoy it. We got some some things to be excited about. Yeah. Well, I was actually um, I was gonna bring up Krill when uh, talking about another band, Ought. Yeah. No, let's talk. talk yeah, let's talk about them because they're are they exploding in sound? No, they're not exploding in sound. So um, Ought is from um, they're from Montreal. Their <laughs> their second album is coming out on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I was gonna bring them both up is just um, they have a really similar sort of like. Um, 
very tense, like off kilter uh, rhythms. They have a very similar sort of um, sound. Mm-hmm. And really political too, it seemed like from what I was, I was reading an interview that mm-hmm. imposed it with them. Mm-hmm. Where like their music was inspired by these like campus protests where they went to school. I think they went to school in Montreal. Yeah, yeah, they're not all from Montreal. And again, if I'm mistaking Montreal for another Canadian city, I'm terribly sorry to Canada. <laughs> um, they're not all from Montreal, but they went to school and all met in Canada. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so their second album, um, "Sun Coming Down," is out on Friday, and it's just like um, Audis, like a perfect amalgamation of so many of my like so many types of things in music that i like mm-hmm. like they do like speak singing really well i'm a big speak yeah singing yeah fan like uh they do just repetition really well in this like very like, cathartic way um but um yeah so that's definitely an album that um that i like a lot and ought a o-u-g-h-t to clarify you oughta know you oughta know yeah have you seen any headlines about Ought that were puns of the Alanis Morissette song? I haven't. I have not. Ooh. Maybe we'll have to edit that part out. Not give anyone any free advice. <laughs> yeah, I any gotta, free headline advice. I gotta save that pun to impress <laughs> Gary. <laughs> and another one of your most favorite bands is releasing an album this fall. And we were talking before, Emily, about how you are committed to do this old school with mm-hmm. the album coming out. You are saving yourself for the actual release date to listen to this album. Yeah, I actually, I do that a lot. Um, specifically because my, you know, my particular job, I work in the charts department here at Billboard and I don't really write critically about music at all. Like when I write about music, it's always in, in like a very objective context. Um, and so there's no real need for me to listen to an album before it's released except for just like genre classification purposes. And so I don't feel like I'm such a super fan of Deer Hunter that I kind of like, I just want to be a fangirl about it. Like I don't want, like it doesn't, I don't want to listen to it early because it's like, that ruins my experience with the band. Like Mm. I want to listen to it in the way that they intended for me to listen to it, if that makes sense. Um, Maybe I just like love depriving myself of things. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But um, but yeah, so I don't like there are very, very few albums that I ever really will listen to before they are officially released. Oh, so you normally do things this way. I normally do things this way. But even for a band that like I'm super anticipating it, I just don't I don't know. So what's your so what's your plan? The the album is coming out on Mm -hmm. October 16th. Uh It's called Fading Frontier. And what is your plan for this? Is it the first day stream, just hopping on Spotify when it goes live, mm-hmm. buying a record? What's your plan? Um, so I'm going to pre-order a record, and then I'll stream it the day Okay. Of. Have you found that sometimes when you order – it's through the mail, right? Yeah. You, have you found they sometimes come the day before the actual release date? Um, I'm trying to think of – yeah, yeah, like a handful of times. Yeah, it happens sometimes. Yeah. So you might even get it ahead of the Spotify. Yeah, yeah. And in that scenario, yes, I would open the record and listen to it that yeah. day. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah. But there are even like some um, – there are some bands where – okay, so Beach House, for example. I haven't listened to the Beach House record yet because I waited till it came out. But then I've been like 
I want like the timing. I want like the setting to be right. Like I want to be in the right state of mind to listen to the Beach House album for the first time. And I just haven't like I haven't been ready for it that yet. Still hasn't happened yet. <laughs> that, and so that, I haven't listened to the album yet. That even cherry though, colored depression hasn't crept up on you. <laughs> I love Beach House. Like I'm I'm sure I'm really gonna love this album, but I haven't listened to it yet. It's called um, Depression Cherry. That is why I said yes. that very seemingly. Random. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but so okay, it's been so a wait, sunny few months for you. Wait, so so um, I'm assuming have you have you listened to the Deer Hunter album? Yeah, I have. Okay, well, let's just talk about the first two singles. The uh, the first new single it was called Snakeskin. Yes, and that is just a groovy ass song. Yeah, and I remember I tweeted that saying like, no, they've never done anything like this before. And you threw what was it was from um. Weird Era continued one of the tracks. Yeah, right? I'm trying to think of which song. It I was sent the second you. track on the album. It's oh, it's um, the the hook is him like singing this that song title a bunch of times. Is it? Did I send you Operation? Operation, yeah. yeah. And you're like, yo, they've been groovy before. Well, they always have like at least one like one pretty groovy, one like p- kind of like pop more like accessible mm. song on every album. Um. So, like, for a lot of people, like, on Halcyon Digest, like, Desire Lines was, like, their their entry point song. Uh-huh. Or um, or even, like, um, Nothing Ever Happened, like, on Micro Castle. Like, mm-hmm. they always have, like, the one entry point song. So, yes, I definitely agree that Snakeskin was, like, you can pretty dance groovy. This. You can, like, dance to Snakeskin, yeah. though. Um, I don't know if you can dance to any of those other songs you mentioned. I have danced you, to. You have, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I have. Um, and then um, did you listen to, I think it was just yesterday or the day before, Breaker. Yeah, the 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 duet, the, the duet. Lockett, the Lockett and Bradford duet. Oh my god, you my were all heart over. exploded. <laughs> Did, does Lockett do a duets? Does he sing like lead often? Um, he, again, like he usually sings lead on like maybe like two songs an album, okay. like one or two. Um, and but this is the first time they've ever sung a duet on a record before, and I think it was beautiful. Yeah. I think yeah, I think you and like lots of people will like this album. It's mm-hmm. very direct. I could see it attracting a lot of new fans. It is definitely one of the most, maybe the most accessible album they've done. And yeah, it's just it's it's really good. Um, I'm also excited about the fact that Bradford is opening for himself on tour. Yeah, <laughs> Atlas, Atlas Sound is opening for Deer Hunter on tour. <laughs> I think I like. I think my eyes rolled back into my head when I saw that. I was just like, <laughs> buy ticket immediately. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. What are you excited about, Chris? What, what am I excited? Yeah, about? what are you being a a, a fan a fan stand about? Okay, um, my. The album I'm most excited about for the fall is from a band from Philly. They're called Beach Slang. And they have been kicking around for a couple years. They have not made a full length yet. They've put out a couple singles. Uh, however, the members of the band, so the front man, his name is James Alex. Uh, he was in a band previously called Weston. They're not like young kids. They, it's not like their first band or anything. They've been around for a minute. But Beach Slang, I would say, has been getting more buzz than any of the projects they've done before and it's 10 tracks long they're all except for one is a little over three minutes they're all around two and a half minutes long Mm -hmm. it's punk rock that a lot of people compare to their replacements it's very it's so earnest it's like the most earnest music possible 
It's really good. It's just di- it's just diverse enough where it's like you can really sink into it. Where they do have for most of the album one formula, one like rock formula that they go back to over and over again. Um, but then th- they'll mix. There's like an acoustic jam towards the middle of the album that's very sweet, kind of like maybe uh you know the song Skyway by the the replacements mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of that song. Um, people c- compare them to replacements a lot. They also get a Goo Goo Dolls comparison pretty often, which yeah. is interesting if you like you know what the backstory <laughs> of the Goo Goo Dolls is, like being this underdog college rock band of the late eighties who were in Buffalo and just sounded a lot like the replacements. Mm-hmm. I mean it's it's really just sort of this timeless sound that a band like them is just doing really, really well. Yeah, I I listened to this album, you sent it to me, and I found myself thinking, like, I want to see this live. Like, I was like, I think I would really appreciate this in a live context, especially, like, as you mentioned, they, like, they fall into some of the same formula for some of, you know, the songs. And there's, like, is a bit of repetition, but I think, like, in a live setting, that would be, like, really, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, it'd be, like, very rallying, you know? Mm, like visceral. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. All those adjectives. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, actually, I've not gotten the chance to see them live yet, but they're definitely coming through this fall, and uh, I'm definitely going to be there. Um, yeah, I'm very excited about that. The album is called The Things We Do to Find People Who Feel Like Us, and it's out October 30th. Um, also, more on the pop side, I am really ready for this new Church's album. This album's awesome. It comes out September 25th on Glassnote. It's gotten a lot of publicity, as it rightfully should. It's called Every Open Eye. The songs that they've shown so far have been total jams. I can say that whole album really does follow suit. And I'm glad that they were able to deliver, because... What they did with their first album is the path that a lot of new artists have to take where they'll get buzz on a few early singles over a period of time. And when they make their first album, it's really just this collection of songs written over a long period of time, maybe over over a year. And it's just almost like a compilation for the debut album. Mm. This second Church's album is like the first time they sat down for like one they had like a cohesive, yeah. a cohesive idea of what they wanted to present. And it's definitely not a reinvention by any means. If anything, it's just tighter than what they did before. Mm-hmm. I definitely noticed the, I think, um, in the song Make Them Gold, like it has like the, the very pop we chorus, you know, like they're using we. It's more inclusive. It's yeah. more like for a you can tell it's like a conscious move to a wider audience. It's not mm-hmm. about I and you. It's about we and how we feel and our you know our experience and i was like oh i see i see you yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. um but it's really good you oh. and it's the sort of album that makes me hold out this little thread of hope that what if this crosses over it would be so cool well you know i was listening um the song right after that clearest blue when i was listening to it i don't know if you ever have this thought process but i have like what i think are like movie songs or like soundtrack songs. It's like I could see this in yeah. like the emotional catharsis. Well I was of- like this is like the climax like it's like um you know 
uh, he wasn't going to show up for the dance, and she's all sad, and then she looks, and they lock eyes, and then everyone has goosebumps, you know, and it's like that, you know, movie so the moment. Next, the next, the yeah. next Shalene Woodley film, the scene, yes, the, exactly. scene, <laughs> the scene that gets played in the MTV Movie Awards yeah. during the when they're announcing the finalists, so that yeah. is the, the, the soundtrack. Yeah, exactly. We got it. Um, we got it, churches. Yeah. Um, um, what's yeah. what's always interesting about doing a list of oh the most anticipated albums mm-hmm. for this season of this year? Yeah, the way dates run and the way albums just drop out of the sky, surprise mm-hmm. releases. Now, you really can't just include albums that have a concrete release date. Yeah, you have to be open minded to the to fact the what that ifs. The what some things could just come out of nowhere, so you have to do it along the lines of uh-huh. well the evidence is pointing in this direction there's at least a really good chance this album will come out what? in fall 2015 what so what we're if, including it what what if album are you most hoping happens it's between grimes and chromatics i think okay. grimes is a little bit more likely because she's at least said that the album was coming out in October. Mm -hmm. Chromatics did at some point, and they've been dropping tracks. They actually just dropped an amazing cover of Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Mm -hmm. So good. It was for Fashion Week. That sounds good. But they they take their time, and it might come out this year. It's called Dear Tommy. It might come out this year, or it might not. And their last album was fucking awesome. When was the last album? Was 2012. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Okay. I've never really listened to Chromatics. It's a really long album, the last one they did. Um, Kill for Love. Uh-huh. But um, it's definitely worth the time. Mm-hmm. It's like there's some jams on side A, first five tracks, and there's some longer sweeping interludes mm-hmm. on the second side. I would, this is just off the top of my head, I would guess the album comes in over an hour. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely one of those like, like turn off your phone, like set aside time, just experience. It's a it's an, a fantastic album. I gotta listen to that then. Um, Grimes is like, I don't know. Do you ever get the sensation like when there's something like there's something happening on the internet and Twitter, you know, Twitter is outraged at something. Yeah, yeah. And you just make a conscious decision to like sit it out. <laughs> Like, I do this all, some, all, all the time. I'm just like, I'm going to sit this one out. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's yeah. this article everybody's talking about. Everyone's, you know, you know, and I'm just like, I'm sitting <laughs> this one out. I don't, I'm going to take a pass. I'm not going to engage. And that's kind of how I felt about Grimes for the past, like, several years. Several years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, when, when did we have, like, Grimes' last Visions album? Visions was, what, 2012, I think. 
Yeah. So since yeah, 2012, 2012. I've just, I'm just like, I'm going to sit out on Grimes. And I feel we'll like it's sort, it's sort of like the indie swish with the Kanye album that may or may not ever come out. <laughs> <laughs> Where it was like, it, it was at one time given a release date. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was at one time given a title. We don't even know what the Grimes album yeah. is supposed to be called right now. Yeah, I've just like lacked the energy to follow any of those developments. Yeah, and it's it's a sort of deal where Clara will give an interview and she'll say some things mm-hmm. just sort of offhand about what she's doing and mm-hmm. the internet will farm it as fast as possible and just get it up there like it's gospel. Yeah. It's like she she dropped this track, Reality, that... I think she just sort of put it out there, and mm-hmm. now it's like she sort of said it would be on the album, but no one really knows for sure. Mm-hmm. She said some line about she just disowns her her popular singles from from the Revisions album, songs like Oblivion. Mm-hmm. She did the song that was supposed to be for Rihanna, the song Go, which I fucking loved, but I think she's implied that she doesn't want to go in that direction. She mm-hmm. said she wants to be kind of a middle ground between pop and the underground, mm-hmm. so... I'm really interested. I just have Mm. no idea what to expect. Okay, well, when it comes out, let me know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know what I was thinking about is, um, uh, are we going to get a Beck album? He released Dreams. And it's doing well. It's it's been on the Alternative Songs chart. It's doing really well, and it's like an awesome song. um, And like an introduction for people who weren't familiar with Beck before into like oh yeah beck's really funky <laughs> like beck's awesome <laughs> um, i wrote an article entitled who is beck where i basically just explained in general terms like a primer on yeah. who this guy is mm-hmm. for you know like 17 year olds yeah i, I teen explained basically yes i teen explained i teen explained beck <laughs> um yeah that's great but um <laughs> but yeah i would love a i'd love a beck album this year full of like delicious funky pop jams i wonder what direction he would go in because his last album morning phase was not that well but that's like the cycles that he goes in though yeah you're right you know it's like if we're following proper beck protocol (laughs) the next album should be like a you know a funky funky thing yeah and it's like you know a more commercial minded artist would definitely be all like Gotta capitalize on that post Grammy buzz, mm-hmm. rush out the next album while you're in the spotlight. I could see Beck just sort of wanting to do the opposite of that to troll people and be like, nah, I'm gonna wait three years for my album. <laughs> <sighs> I hope not. Um, Here's another one that has no real release date yet Dive. You um, into Dive? Sitting this one out. <laughs> yeah? Wow. I can't, like, it's like, I don't know. Like, I thought that their first, like, I remember listening to their first album and, like, being, like, into it or interested. And I think I saw them maybe open for Ty Siegel in D.C. And being, like, completely underwhelmed by their live performance. And I've hmm. seen them since then. And I just, like, just did it's nothing for me. It's different than the album for sure. Yeah. It's more rock and live, or at least that's what I've seen. Because I think you could see them several times and get several different vibes. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I don't this know. one is supposed supposed to come out sometime in the fall on Captured Tracks. Okay. And they're touring opening for Ride right now. I'm not, it's a, it's a few dates. I'm not sure how mm-hmm. big of a tour it is, but 
it's one of those pairings that just makes sense. Yeah. Like, <laughs> a legacy shoegaze band, four letters. Yeah. Dive opening for Ride. I like it. I'm That's down. That's pretty good. And you were also into that Julia Holter album, right? Yeah. Um, okay, before we talk about Julia Holter, I have a question for you. Yeah. Okay, so how often when your friends recommend music to you, do you actually listen to it? Like if a friend's like, hey, check out, like I really love this artist or check out this album, do you usually like actually actively check out their recommendation? Depends on how you define friends. <laughs> <laughs> if, if a friend is someone uh-huh. like you, Emily White, who mm-hmm. I know in real life, mm-hmm. I will check that out. If it's mm-hmm. your buddy, buddy, publicist, who you speak to in email once every eight months. <laughs> They're like, I some, know you're going to love this, some, man. Some hot, new, some hot new bands, uh-huh. some suggestions. Yeah. R-I-Y-L, if you like. Yeah. Joy Division, Metallica and the Beatles. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Well, yeah. Okay, so... For me, it's there. There are a few friends, even though I know that they know my music taste really well, and that they're probably recommending something that I will like. There's sometimes that I just like, don't, I don't get around to it. I don't actively listen to it when I get the recommendation. And I have a friend who has a theory that it's like people don't actually like receiving recommendations or receiving mixtapes. They like giving them and making them. Like yeah, I can see that. The act of making a playlist for someone or sending them an album that you think you, that they'll like is more rewarding to you than receiving the recommendation because people like to discover music on their own or like they like to come across it themselves. Okay. So sometimes what will happen is I'll come across something myself and then I'll go, oh, that's the artist that so-and-so told me to check out. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, I know my friend really likes this band. And then I'll be like in the pro column, but I still am more likely to listen to it and like it if I come across it myself. So I was curious if it was the same for you. See, I thought you were going to go somewhere. Because this applies to – we're coming back because it applies to Julia Halter. We're going to come to Julia. I was going to say, I thought you were going for something like, yo, we're the selfie generation. Back in the <laughs> 80s, when we listened to college rock and, We trusted you know, gatekeepers. But yeah, but back then we loved making mixtapes and we always listened to them. But now all we want to do is go on Tumblr and make selfies and just I mean, make mixtapes. There's definitely probably some truth to that. <laughs> um, because, no, for sure. I mean, because the... The, the barrier to discovery was so much higher. Like you did need someone, you did need someone to give you a recommendation or you needed to read, spin, to l- look at the album reviews in order to decide what it was worth putting your money in. Like you needed that recommendation level before you could access something. But now like I don't, I can access something first. I don't need the recommendation first in order to know what to access, you know? You're making a good argument for music journalists to just go away. Well, but it's the inverse now. So when I I think the best the best criticism or the best journalism I just had a conversation with someone about this the other day um, is like teaches me something about it that I didn't know. So I'm not necessarily looking to a critic to tell me what's good or not. Like I can decide what's good or not for me. I'm looking to a critic to like give me to put something into a historical context or to um, draw out a comparison or to like teach me something about it that I wouldn't mm. know from just listening to it. Like to me, that's the best. Like that's what I look for from journalists. See what I think. Where I think it's really important now for journalists to come correct is with the access they have, mm. because everyone you know can 
listen to an album and say something about it, whether mm. they like it or not. But where music journalists have some privilege is access mm. to the artists and, you know, being yep. able to do interviews. Mm attend a show more easily and being able to make the most out of an interview and get something really interesting out of an artist, get mm-hmm. them to open up, get them to go to a different place, convey mm-hmm. something to the listener that they couldn't get by just listening to the album on Spotify mm-hmm. or going through pictures on Tumblr. I think that's where mm-hmm. we really need writers. Yeah. No, that makes sense too. Okay. So but that doesn't... five minutes ago, I was worried. I thought music but journalists something... were going away, <laughs> but we saved them. But like an illuminating quote from an artist isn't going to probably be the thing that gets me to listen to the album. Mm-hmm. That's going to be after I've dis- after I've discovered something on my own, decided that I like it and go in search of more context. That's going to be valuable to me as a listener, but it's likely not going to work the other way around okay. most often. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Um, but, uh, so Julia Holter, <laughs> um, um, Julia Holter is like a perfect example of, I like, one of my best friends is a h- huge Julia Holter fan. She just got a Julia Holter tattoo. Like she's a, she's a huge fan. And for years she's been a huge fan. Mm-hmm. And like, I listened to Julia Holter's last album. Like I thought it was fine. Like I went with her to see Julia Holter live. Like I thought it was fine. Like, you know, um, she's been talking about you know this new the new album's coming out. She's so excited. Like Julia Holter is her deer hunter, <laughs> um, mm. as it relates to me. Um, she's so excited about it. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, whatever. Um, and I um, was thinking about what albums to talk about today for like fall preview stuff. And I was like, oh well, you know that Julia Holter album's coming out. Like maybe I'll like listen to what's out so far. And I listened to the two singles that have been released. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like I finally – something like a switch finally turned. I was like, and you're just, I'm gonna go I run, get it. Run into my friend with a Julia Holter tat. I, I get, get it I get it. I know. Like I, I literally I, – I was chatting her earlier just like, that sax solo, man, it's so good. <laughs> like, I can't believe it. Um, is there some smooth sax on the Julia Holter? There's some super smooth sa- – no, it's not, it's it's not, not smooth. smooth. It's, it's not smooth. It's like – janky funky amazing um, okay but um but yeah so she has, she has a, a new album yeah uh, have you in my wilderness it's coming out september 25th i um, like the album art a lot and she's released two songs so far the first one feel you came with an awesome video where she's just like hanging out with a dog it's yeah, like yeah. this super cute little dog um mm-hmm. and like that song was you know pretty awesome but then this song sea calls me home and it's like there's a part of the chorus where she's saying like um like it's lucidity it's so clear and i'm just like <laughs> that was like my aha moment i was like this um because it is like it's the perfect it's a much more it's much more accessible than i found her previous work to be which it's like i i re- i like you know like very intricate delicate or you know or- orchestrational stuff but sometimes and i just never really found like a good entry point to Julia Holter, but like this song in particular was just like, I don't know. It's very, it's lucidity. It's so clear. Yeah. It's so clear. And there's the sax solo. And yeah, it made me, it made me really excited. So, are you into Deaf Heaven? Um, <sighs> are you sitting them out too? Are you on the, the Deaf Heaven sidelines? I'm not, yeah, I haven't, I haven't engaged much. Um, like, I, I feel like I, if I saw them live, I'd probably, 
have a different opinion. Like, I remember when that last album came out, and I remember listening to it mm. and, like, liking it. Um, but, I don't know. It's probably something I would like live. Yeah, I w- I'm really in the same boat with you. I listened to uh, Sun Bader, their last album, and mm. thought it was really interesting. Listened to it a few times. And, you know, sort of touched in the back of my mind, like, would be cool to see them live. But I've never been a big metal fan, and I've never really been drawn to, like, long guitar songs that, like, mm-hmm. don't really repeat themselves. Mm-hmm. It's something that I can find interesting, but not something that I really, like, crave or seek out listening to. Yeah. So I was listening to the new album <laughs> On the Way to Basilica uh-huh. Festival this weekend, which is an extremely on the way to Basilica thing to do <laughs> with my friend who was doing sound there who's, like, knows about guitar sounds and mm-hmm. effects and things mm-hmm. like that. So we just got into this conversation while listening to the album, I was like, yeah, I really don't know much of anything about these things. And he was just like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk some effects. So he was explaining to me, like, this is like a phaser they're using right now. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're using, like, a delay pedal and a wah-wah sort uh-huh. of deal here. And, like, this is just basically a Metallica riff. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, but I can't really hear the bass. And he's like, well, they just mix the bass really low in this because it would just kind of, like – you wouldn't be able to hear it or the kick drum. They would cancel uh-huh. each other out. So l- I was feeling that hearing the album introduced to me in this way yeah. and being like being more knowledgeable about what was really going on with the guitar and the production mm-hmm. of it was a good way to get into that. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. Um, rock, rock's playing to you. Rock's playing. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> rock. Sometimes a, you just need that rock splain. With I, I want you guys to hear. I'm, I'm saying rock with the W. Rock, rocks, rock splain. Yeah, um, yeah. That's no, cool. Yeah. Now, now I want to go. And I was, li- like, we listened to the whole album, and I was like, wow, I enjoyed that a lot more than I remember enjoying Sunbather or mm-hmm. Def Heaven in general in the past. And now I want to go back and listen yeah. to their other stuff and see now. Yeah. Because I was thinking how. With a lot of artists, it's the sort of thing where if you just listen to it on your headphones, you could just be like, oh, this is fine. Like if someone mm-hmm. shows it to you, and yeah. like, this song is so great, and you're just sitting there like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, no, uh-huh. no, it gets good. Trust me. <laughs> Sometimes you just that's like to- someone That's like someone asking you to like watch stand-up that they've seen before, and then they're watching you watch With it. With that face. Because like, <sighs> they're like waiting for the punchline hit, and they're watching you to see your reaction when the punchline hits. It's terrible. Never ask someone to do yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to discovery, like you enjoy sharing something with other people. Like I want you to watch this stand-up clip because I want to watch you watch it. You know, like that's enjoyable for me as the person giving the discovery, but it's not as enjoyable for the person receiving it mm-hmm. because you want to come to it on your own. Yeah, yeah, and like on your own, I think a lot of times it might take just having a certain conversation like I did mm-hmm. or just I think a lot is just seeing it live. Yeah. Being surrounded by a lot of other people mm-hmm. who already like get it, who are like mm-hmm. already indoctrinated, yes. already part of the team. Yeah. Just hearing their conversations, seeing how they're reacting, mm-hmm. like, oh, this, this yeah. is how you connect with this and appreciate it. No, I totally agree. That's like live music is definitely my favorite way to discover new bands. Mm-hmm. That's like I always, always try to g- see openers. Yeah, that's a good lead-in for this next one I want to talk about. Magical Clouds. Do you know where I'm going with this? 
Oh, they opened for Lord. They once. did. They opened for Lord, overlooking the Hudson River in New York City, on one of the party piers, like at sundown, uh-huh. like a late summer evening last year. Were you there for uh, them, or oh, were you there for Lord? Both. Can okay. I say both? Yeah, that's okay. Or are you gonna make me pick sides? <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> and yeah, it was. To be honest, I mean, I I had just seen Lord at Lollapalooza, and I was really far away, and I was mm-hmm. excited to like actually see her at a like one of her shows and get closer. But I think I was at least equally in, just enticed to see how this crowd would respond to magical clouds. Yeah, and. I don't know. I think it's a sort of thing where you'd have to just go into people's mind and see what they were thinking because mm-hmm. I think even if people are really feeling a Magical Clouds show, yeah. which is what it's like when they play their own show yeah. in a much smaller venue, it's just going to be people standing there and just feeling it really deeply. You're not going to mm-hmm. just be able to like gaze over the crowd and be like, oh, yeah, they're into this. Yeah. Unless, yeah. They're, you know, unless people are crying. Yeah. Well. Which could happen. Yeah. But uh, so Magical Clouds have a new album coming out on October 16th. It's called Are You Alone? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't really, I, I haven't really listened to Magical Clouds. It's another one that I kind of. Huh. I um, Yeah, you, I don't know. You like Lord a lot. Yeah, I, I remember do. when she first started, you were at like her first six consecutive New York <laughs> shows. I was at Lord's very first uh, U.S. show. Ever. What what percentage of that crowd was music industry? Um, it was a really ninety five or ninety nine. <laughs> it was a re- no, it was a really funny crowd because it was at it was at LPR like in the downs like the the weird I don't know not the main stage at LPR um in New York and um there was there's like a back box where it's like all the white dudes in suits were in the Yeah, <laughs> the, just sequ- sequ- in the sequester box. them off. And then there were like Keep screaming <laughs> teens, like smoking weed. So like, she had teens already at that show. Yeah, she had teens already. Um <laughs> for sure. Um yeah, it was it was pretty it was pretty cool. Yeah, I like Lord. I like Lord a lot. I wanna listen to the the Lord Disclosure song. When is that coming? <laughs> That was it's it's out there now. No, I think, I think a snippet leaked. A, a snippet leaks, which snippet I believe leaks. was taken down because it was like not good quality and the label yeah. didn't want it there. Um well yeah. But I'm, the disclosure albums it's soon. It's so mm-hmm. it's we will hear that album in full. And it's an interesting one because they're they're one of those artists who are such a perfect storm of crossover appeal. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is because of just disclosure not seeing themselves and enlisting great mm-hmm. collaborators to come and sing on their tracks. Yeah. And also this thing we do in music towards the end of the year, year endless. I don't know, they kind of give me anxiety because there's all these albums that I feel like I enjoy but don't think I got deep enough into them and like want to put it on my list. Yeah. And then there's new albums dropping, surprise, end of the year. Mm-hmm. It's just so much pressure. Yeah. So much pressure. And then it's like I feel January fifth by then your whole thing just mm-hmm. changes. Um, I feel like I'm this year almost like the opposite, where it's like so much of my listening time has been consolidated into just like a handful of albums where I feel like there's a lot of stuff I haven't listened to yet or mm-hmm. I haven't been like as adventurous in listening as I, I normally am. Um, so it's like instead of like listening to a bunch of new stuff, I'm just like listen. I've listened to the Jason Isbell album like for 
a third of the year or mm-hmm. you know, I guess that's not quite accurate because it hasn't been out that long um but yeah I don't know so year end year end will be interesting I mean like we can already like I can already bet my life probably the the deer hunter album will be my favorite album <laughs> of the year like I feel like there's just no there's not really a scenario in which that wouldn't happen so Surprise Atlas Sound album. Oh my god. <laughs> what would I do? <laughs> like, wow. Whew. My dreams. <laughs> well, I think we got we got fall twenty fifteen there. We got it. We got it covered. Yeah, it seems pretty comprehensive. Rock on. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for having me on, Chris. Absolutely. So yeah, that concludes another episode of the Alt and Our Stars podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast by searching for it in the podcasts app on your phone in iTunes or by clicking the iTunes link towards the bottom of the story if you're listening to it on the Billboard website. In the bottom graph of the story, there's a link for iTunes. You can head there and subscribe to the podcast. Also, you can stream some archived episodes. We had the Wonder Years on last week. Had a really interesting talk on where country music is headed week before that. So, yeah. Hope you check out the past episodes. And remember, there's a new one every Friday afternoon at around 1 p.m. Until next time, have a good weekend, guys. Peace out. My name is Chris. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.